What's up, design family? Welcome back to another episode of Fit Design TV. So glad to have you guys back on the channel. On today's episode, I'll be running you guys through my design philosophy in terms of how I would go about designing a simple, functional sportswear piece. When it comes to design, you always want to put your best foot forward to create a piece that truly enhances people's lives. And you really want to do this in a way that creates a design that is simple, minimalistic, versatile. And if you're wondering, how do you go about doing this? What are the steps that I personally take as a sportswear and as a fashion designer to create such a piece? Well, watch this episode. I'm gonna give you guys the no BS guide so that you can design amazing pieces that your customers gravitate towards and ultimately drive sales and a loyal customer base towards your brand. Whenever I go about designing a sportswear piece, I always look at the key categories of things that I need to consider. I look at the function. I look at the fit, I look at the fabric, I look at the details, the trims, the hardwares, the accessories, the colors that I'm going to select, and ultimately the overall aesthetic of the design that I want to create. And I'll start you guys off with thinking of the function. Let's look at a pair of pants, right? Let's look at a jogger here. The first thing that I want to do is, who is this for? Why am I trying to design this piece? And let's just say I want to design an active jogger piece for everyday use. Immediately, that's going to outline some key characteristics of the jogger. Number one, it should be extremely comfortable. It should be a jogger that I can wear day in, day out. It should also have a fit that allows me to move around freely without any constriction. So just the very fact that I've actually taken the step forward to outline the function of the piece, which believe it or not, most people never look at their products that they're designing and be like, who is this for? Who am I designing this for? Is it the runner? Is it the power lifter? Is it the average gym goer? Really have focus and clarity over the function and the use of the product you're designing. And that's going to outline a lot of key details that are going to help you put your designer or your design together brick by brick. Now that I've actually outlined the function of my jogger, now I have the ability to look at the fit immediately an everyday jogger is going to be comfortable to wear. It's going to have room at the thighs, it's gonna have room at the knee, it's gonna have room at the calf. It's not going to be an oversized fit because that could potentially look a little bit too casual, a little bit too relaxed. And at the same time, it's not going to be a compression fit. It's going to be something that allows me to have a versatile approach and at the same time, allow different body types to be comfortable within it. So this is the fit aspect of it. Then I'll move into looking at the fabric, an everyday jogger. What are the requirements of an everyday jogger? Well, I know because I don't want to have a very casual and relaxed look to it that I'm probably going to avoid fleece fabrics or terry fabrics. I'm going to avoid any fabric that affords me a very slouchy look to the garment. At the same time, I'm going to avoid overly shiny fabrics that may give me a very performance-oriented approach. So I might go for woven fabrics that have a decent amount of stretch with a matte appearance. Woven fabrics typically give you the illusion of formality, right? A lot of formal pants, a lot of formal attire is based on woven fabrics. And this everyday use jogger, I'm going to be able to use a woven fabric and it's going to have that association that very, it could be activewear and it could be something a little bit more of a formal jogger for everyday use. So I have the best of both worlds here. At the same time, a woven jogger is going to have some inherent stretch to it, which is necessary for comfort, for movement, for mobility. And ultimately, a woven jogger made out of a nylon spandex blend or a polyester spandex blend is going to have the required characteristics and the performance-oriented aspects for use in an active setting and in a more casual and everyday mundane setting. Now that we've outlined the fit and the fabrics, let's look at the details of the jogger. What are we trying to get this jogger to do? Let's go from the top to the bottom. When it comes to the waistband, 
I'm going to need a waistband that allows me to fit correctly on the waist. The last thing that you want is a jogger that you're using every day in different settings and it's slipping and it's sliding and you're not able to get that nice fitment on your waist. At the same time, I don't want a waistband that has a lot of visual sort of distractions. So I don't want drawstrings that are large. I don't want them to be thick, chunky. At the same time, I don't want to have these elastic adjusters. I need something that is going to be low profile, but allow me to adjust my jogger accordingly for my different waist types, depending on what time of day I'm wearing it. If it's in the morning, I might be holding on to more water. So I may be a bit more thick. If it's later on in the day, I might be holding on to less water. So I'll need more of that compression of the waist. So I'll probably opt for an elasticated waistband with drawstrings that are from the inside. Why I like the drawstrings from the inside is you can always tie them up. You can fit the waist the way you need to fit it, but then you could tuck in the drawstrings into the waistband and you have a seamless clean line from the outside that when you wear a t-shirt over it, even if it's slightly fitted, you're not going to see these drawstrings poking out from underneath. Moving on into further details, then I'm going to need to look at storage solutions, right? If I'm taking this jogger on a day-to-day -day basis, I need to make sure that it has a mixture of open slip pockets and more secure and hidden zip pockets. I don't want to go overboard in the pockets. I don't want to have an overly tactical approach. So there needs to be a balance there. I might go for slip pockets on the sides and then maybe add a zipper pocket on the back. So these slip pockets on the sides would be integrated into the design, whether they're quarter slash slip pockets or they're more traditional inseam slip pockets that just perfectly mesh with your side seam. And then on the back side, I might have a yoke and I may add a zipper, right? Here, I know that I might be placing things that I'm using quickly on my slip pockets on the front and things that require a little bit more safety and security, I'll put them in the zipper pocket on the back. So that's the pocket situation clarified. Next up, I'll need to look at the way that the jogger sits, right? How does it sit on the knee? How does it sit on the calf? And how does it sit on the cuff? I know for the for a jogger like this. I will most likely want to go for a cuffed jogger. Why is that? The last thing you want is a jogger that is slashing all about at the ankle, right? You want something that has a nice tapered fit that isn't too obvious. So we don't want these extremely high cuffs, but at the same time, we don't want a loose fit that distracts you from the overall silhouette. You want something beautiful, tapered, versatile, and simple. This is where a cuff is going to come into play. It's going to hold everything in together. It's going to streamline your approach. And if you're wearing a nice pair of sneakers or a nice pair of shoes, you're going to be able to show them off and complete your outfit. And lastly, when it comes to the details, I want to brand my jogger. The first thing that I mentioned is the importance of simplicity and versatility. But you don't want to lose the uniqueness of the product. At the end of the day, if this is part of your brand, you want to brand it accordingly. You want to be proud of the product you're bringing to market. So I would consider a heat transfer print or a 3D silicone print that is tonal, right? The tonality is going to give it a subtle effect, right? Your branding is going to appear, it's going to be visible, but it's not going to be super in your face. So instead of creating a black jogger with a white logo that just like bursts out at you or it's extremely visible and almost distracting, you're creating an item that has a little bit of tonality to it, a bit of maturity to it, and it's not going to distract the eye. It's not going to distract the silhouette. It's also going to give your user more versatility in terms of mixing and matching the jogger with other items. So this is a major plus, and I highly recommend using tonal logos to maintain the branding aesthetic, but not overly complicate the visual intrigue of the design. Next up, we have the trims, right? Trims and hardware are all of the physical assets that are added onto the garment to perform certain uses. A good example of a trim is your drawstring, right? Your drawstring is a rope 
that you tie around your waist that allows you to fit the waistband better. Or something else could be a zipper puller head. This is used to actually be able to access your zipper, to pull your zipper, to open it, and to close it. When it comes to this specific design, if I'm using a hidden zipper pocket from the back, I would want to use a low-profile zipper as opposed to an exposed zipper. Why would I want to do that? Well, it really all comes down to adding functionality, but not distracting the eye visually. By using an inseam zipper, I'm getting the zipper component that I need, but at the same time, I'm not distracting, I'm not overcomplicating the design. So using inseam zipper from the back, from the front, the drawstrings, you want them to be relatively low profile, especially if they're coming in from the inside. So I would not recommend round profile drawstrings here. I might go for flat profile drawstrings. And you guys are starting to see how all these sequences of design decisions really allow you to deliver a product that is different than your competitors. People look at the holistic image and they don't really realize all of the miniature decisions that have been made step-by-step step to achieve the finished result. So I'm sort of taking you through my creative process step-by-step step from A to Z. When it comes to simplicity, functionality, we always have to reference colors. Colors are important because they bring a variety of aesthetics, personality, they allow you to bring your vision for the brand. And colors are extremely important when it comes to simple functional pieces because colors can make or break the versatility of your product. If you have these bright neons, sure, they may be beautiful, but they lack the versatility that your customers, especially in this segment, might be looking for. My recommendations would be to stick to neutrals and to stick to your kind of standard primary colors. These can be things like black, white, navy, heather gray, burgundy, olive, some great pales, right? Some earth tones, pale colors also work here because just the nature of these subtle colors allows you to pair with many different products. You can pair with products that are more vibrant in nature on the top. At the same time, you can pair with harmonious colors that allow you to mix and match. If you go for a very vibrant color or a color that is polarizing, it may look beautiful, but there's only specific amounts of ways that you can style it. So when it comes to colors, use this to your advantage and create products that allow your customers to mix and match in a way that gives them the maximum amount of versatility and horizontal sort of usage of the product. Lastly, we're gonna talk about the aesthetic of the product. The aesthetic is how you're cutting it, right? The panels, the details, sort of the additional touches that give your product a little bit of uniqueness. When looking at a functional product, I always think that form must follow function. Creating cuts and design features that are just for the sake of being there, right? With no rhyme or reason. I think that is a very weak way of looking at design. The first thing that you should always consider when creating a design decision is what purpose or what function is this going to fulfill? So when I create a cut that, you know, it highlights the hamstring, my first question to this is what look am I trying to achieve? If I'm trying to achieve an aggressive look that calls attention to someone's quads or to someone's best features in their legs, then this is the only reason that I would implement such a thing. At the same time, if I add a gusset, something that has a technical look, I might need to look at how the user is using that garment. So a gusset here would allow me to have flexibility around the groin area, right? And if this is something that you anticipate your customers are going to need, then a gusset then allows you to create knee panels that distribute the tension across the knee. They allow you to have more flexibility. They allow you to have more structural rigidity. These are the reasons that you see a lot of these classic design details in sportswear being emulated by other brands, but you almost see them out of place, right? You might see a very technical detail that is used in motorcycle jackets. You might see that on a jacket that you wear for very, very normal day-to-day -day things. And you might wonder, 
why is that dart or why is that detail included here? Well, it has no reason to be included other than the fact that it's just an aesthetic decision. And I highly disagree with that. Always look at the end usage case scenario with your garment and figure out your design details accordingly. Well, guys, that is it. That is a wrap on this episode. That's been my creative workflow process in terms of how I personally design simple, functional, sportswear-oriented pieces. Let me know which of these points and if you guys actually agree with this workflow. And I'd love to actually hear what you intend and plan on designing with this methodology. Also, I've been asked this before and I offer personalized one-on-one -on -one consultation services every single week. I have limited slots available, so make sure to check the link in the description. We can pretty much discuss anything from starting your own brand. And if you're an established brand, we can look at how to scale it to the next level, what challenges you need to overcome. And ultimately, we can help guide you and move you in the right direction. So I highly recommend checking out the link and we'll go from there. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Fit Design TV. Until next week's episode, stay awesome.